I'm going to assume D-A-I stands for Dogs After Italians. Yes. <laughs> yes. There is no coming back from that. Rated NA, the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. This is episode number 179, and uh, I am your host, Matt, along with... I'm Scott. Hey, and I'm Ash. All right, hey well, guys. Dragon Age is out today, so we'll see you guys next week. All right, Later, it's guys. been a good show. Talk to you <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it is going to be a short episode because uh, I basically became a, a living, breathing veal for the past two days. And <laughs> And I haven't really done a whole lot, so you guys are going to hear about some Dragon Age. And that's about it. I think I have, um, yeah, the bottom of my bottom is even flatter than before. So. <laughs> well, today is Tuesday, November the 18th, 2014. Um, today is the, uh, I guess, the game apocalypse, as I like to call it. It is. This is that point in the holiday season where pretty much we reach the critical mass with game releases. You know, so there there have already been some, and there will likely be a couple more. But today is the day. the The original Apocalypse Day was what, like, supposed to be last month, and then everything just moved to yeah. another day. As yeah. originally October seventh was Game Apocalypse, and now yeah. it is uh, the the eighteenth. What what came out today? So Dragon Age Inquisition came out for every platform in existence. And um, Far Cry Four. Far Cry Four. Uh, Far Cry came out too. Um, Apparently, some there was something that happened with Watch Dogs on the Wii U today. Oh, uh, really? I know really? Uh, Lego Batman Three came out. Lego. And, and then uh, Grand Theft Auto Five for current gen. Yes, and uh, with the new first person mode, which uh, it, it, there's a big fervor on the internet because you can do these sex scenes in first person, and so oh. people are standing very close to their televisions playing is GTA it, is Five. It Xbox One and PS4. It yes. is. Yeah, man, PS4 is dominating those ads. Uh, they they do that, you know. All the ads I see are Grand Theft Auto Five out now on PS4. Well, that's I, like, I mean that's how it was out on Xbox One when. Uh, Ash and I went to this theater event uh, a couple of months ago before the consoles came out. Where was this? When was this? This was, was it E3? Uh, yes, it was, it was E3. a while ago. Okay, it? so yeah. yeah, we went to the theater event for the PlayStation 4 E3 event, and they basically announced Grand Theft Auto V as if it were a console exclusive. So that's right. not surprising. Same with Destiny, too. They had this big Be- Destiny thing. They're like, Destiny coming to PlayStation. I'm like, it's coming to everything else, too. <laughs> yeah. Don't I've actually out. thought about Grand Theft Auto. Not right now, because I'm in the middle of a bunch of other games. But I may actually pick it up just due to Ash's you know, rampant fervor for the game. So I'm telling sure. you, if anything, all of us should play the multiplayer, because it, it is uh, phenomenal. Yeah. It really is a lot of fun. But there's also a Dragon Age multiplayer. There is that too. And that's going to be a time sink. Let's do the rundown. rundown. Should we do a rundown? Uh, Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) It's more more of a crawl down. Okay, so we're going to just do something slightly different. I think we'll still end up doing the things we normally do. But I think today's discussion is just going to be sort of topic-based because we have a couple of things we want to talk about. And then we're going to get moving and go back to Dragon Age and Halo. Right? Yeah. Correct. Indeed. Cool. So that's the plan for today. Shorter one this week, guys. Yep. I'm sure everybody can sympathize because uh, we got it. We we got stuff to do. Yeah. Exactly. They're Come. not even. They're they're just like tuning in to see if we're going to talk about Dragon Age, and then they're tuning right out. <laughs> hey, we're going to talk about Dragon Age coming up. Yeah. After this, <laughs> we understand. It's okay. We're right there with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, so this short episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Uh, Loot Crate is a wonderful subscription service. Uh, you pay a little bit of money every month, and they send you a box full of awesome stuff. Uh, this month, you have this will come it's out. You'll have now. one day, I think. I right? think they're already shipping. Already sell out. I think they're already shipping. So I got I my shipping notice. I I did too. So you're not going to get November's. You're not but... going to get November's, which was full of like action-packed uh, beat 'em up brawler stuff. There was a, an exclusive shirt and another minifig and a bunch Halo of other stuff, stuff coming too. in this one. Yeah. Uh, was there Halo? I thought it was I... Street Fighter and Mega Man and some other things like that. But Perfect. either way, doesn't matter. All good stuff. You should go to lootcrate.com slash ratedna and sign up with the code ratedna and you get 10% off and you'll get stuff every month in the mail. And who doesn't like getting stuff in the mail? I think it's amazing. I love it. Unless it's yeah. a bill. Unless it's uh, a bill. 
So please do that. Help out the podcast. And, uh, you know, we'll keep doing this thing for you. Those, thing uh, we do. those amiibo loot crates that I mentioned last episode are already sold out. It's already. There and it was go. basically like something like $155, but you get crates spread out, spread out pretty much over like a month or two months. Oh, really. wow. So they're going to send you like a shitload of crates with you end up getting 10 to 12 amiibo figures and some other exclusives. I'm surprised. Wow. That's a lot of money. But I guess if you planned on buying all the amiibos anyways, that's yeah, yeah that yeah. would have been an option for that. So. Anyways, Loot Crate is doing all kinds of crazy stuff, so they are. They're keep an awesome eye on people. what they're doing. And if I'm assuming this Amiibo thing is going to go well, they'll probably do other things like that in the future. So expanding their empire beyond just the Loot Crate itself. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So head on over. LootCrate.com slash RatedNA. Code is RatedNA, and that's uh, all one word. You get 10% off. And uh, Ash, what are you Hello. up to? Although um, I know. Why don't you just say yeah. what you're up to for everybody else? So um, I've been playing a little bit of the Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, there's something really – before I, I do like a, a review in progress of the game, uh, I did get a slightly early copy. It came uh, a couple days before launch, which was awesome because I was able to play it um, pretty much all weekend. But the thing that was really amazing was I, I had already pre-downloaded the Deluxe Collector's Edition. So it was already pre-loaded on my Xbox One. Um, then the, I had the EA early access. So I I went ahead and, you know, made my inquisitor and was playing through my hours. And then the mail came the next day and it was a physical copy of the game, which I did like a little like nerdy dance of joy. It was like, you know, popping and locking and like, you know, shaking my moneymaker and all that fun stuff. Um, Hmm. and then I stuck the disc in and it stopped the timer on the EA early access, (laughs) of course, which is so genius. I mean, like I just, I, I couldn't fathom that it all actually worked. So if the disc was in there, like it didn't, it didn't take your time away. Technology. Uh, you know, it, uh, the fact that it all worked perfectly was really, really pretty great. And also my save was, you know, transferred over and my save from Dragon Age Keep worked just fine. Um, I did have some problems in the early, in the very beginning, uh, making my character. Cause I, I would make the character and then I would start playing and be like, Oh, they don't look right. Same problem I had in mass effect, you know, like, it doesn't ever look exactly how it looks during character creation. Mm-hmm. So I actually re-rolled, I think, about three times till I got to the point where I was, like, pretty satisfied with how my character looked. But, um, you know, I'll talk at length about Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, short version is it is uh, a pretty a pretty impressive experience so far. It's, you know, everything I could really ever want in an RPG. And I think even if you aren't a fan of the series and you're just fan a fan of the fantasy genre, it is a, a really, really impressive fantasy game. So that's pretty much it. Um, still watching the 100, still watching some S.H.I.E.L.D., going to watch some S.H.I.E.L.D. tonight, eat some Black Bean Deli. That's Ooh, my plan. yeah. My plan for the night. That's awesome. Um, let's go to Matthias Grundy. Black Bean Deli, huh? Black yeah, Bean man. Deli, man. Yeah. You bring some up here for me? It's so I good. I will. I will gladly do that. We need to, like, we'll FedEx you, like, a Medianoche or something. Well, you're, you're, yeah. you're, co- I mean, you're coming down, so we can go there every day. I am. I am. Yeah. You nice need all the beans. winter visit. First of all, let me tell you guys um, how cold it is right now. How where cold I am. is it? Uh, it hurts. It's 20s <laughs> right now in New York. Oi. Uh, so it was like not this cold last night and then I got up this morning and it's like, like a blistery, painful cold, but this Florida boy bought his first ever winter coat and it is the most amazing thing. You may think in Florida, you've owned a winter coat. You have not owned a winter coat. What what exactly constitutes a winter coat? My coat is down filled. Uh, it'll zip all the way up like to your chin, essentially, and mm-hmm. then button over the zipper so that air can't get through there. It's got bands all around like your wrist and your waist so that air can't like get around up through your sleeves or your waist. And then the hood is like felt lined. My pockets are felt lined. And then when you pull the hood over, it stays like it's secure. The thing's not blowing around or it moving around. It sounds like around. you bought like an anti-Ebola jacket. It'll be like slightly waterproof, but not really. It's not like a hundred percent. But you know, if it snows on you, it won't like immediately soak you. These are things that make make a winter coat, and it is it is like a joyous. It's like wearing a warm blanket to work That's every day. That's nice, <laughs> amazing. Uh, so I did that. That was new. I've never. It's because like. Last time we lived up here in the winter, I just layered. I would just like I had a bigger jacket that mm-hmm. I thought was a winter coat, and I'd put it on, and then I'd wear like hoodies underneath it and stuff. 
I can wear a t-shirt under this jacket and walk out into 20 degree weather and I'm totally fine. Nice. So it's, it's wondrous, but, uh, I actually did something really awesome and nerdy in a different way this weekend. I went to a football game in Washington, DC. I went and did not get to meet up with Mylan. We tried to, but she was busy on the day that we had free. And then we were busy on the day she had free. So we didn't get to meet up. Um, but, uh, we went to see the bucks play the Redskins. And you mean first the, of all, the Washington professional football team. Uh, <laughs> they do a lot of things that are like weirdly uncomfortable there about <laughs> Native Americans, and it's very weird. Uh, but anyways, they also have a hashtag, which is HTTR, which looks like hashtag hater. Yeah, it really does. But it's Hail to the Redskins, which I guess is like their old, old sing-along song that they have. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. New experiences, guys. I, I've never been to the Redskins stadium before. Um but uh, through a friend's parental figure, we got to go down on the field. And I was sending you guys pictures the whole time and, and like, talking to you over, over our chat app. But it was unreal. It was, like, I, I have never – it was very, it was very like, nerdy Matt being able to do something that he's never thought he would be able to do, which is stand, like, a foot from the Bucks and hang out on the sidelines. So it was really, really cool. That is you, cool. We were joking because I said, these guys are gigantic. And Scott said, oh, yeah, like 6'5". And I wrote back, I said, 6'5 would be small. <laughs> like, these guys are humongous. Yeah, and I looked up the guy that you saw. He was 6'9". 6'9". 6'9". He's not and even he's a like, human. He's probably like 380 and just all muscle. Like, not an ounce of fat on this guy. Just 100, like 100% muscle, like 380 pounds, 6'9". He was a humongous guy. Uh, and then... You know, saw everybody, McCoy, and took a picture of Lovey Smith on accident. <laughs> he was coming out of the tunnel, and I was taking a picture of the tunnel, and it was you know, Lovey Smith was standing there. Uh, and then the Bucks won, and they won. What the heck? Two it wasn't even dash. like a, it wasn't even one of those like they barely won. They oh, won. No. They won. They the won. Game. They definitively won this in decisive game. Like, fashion. Maybe in a just way need to be on the sidelines all the time. I know, right? <laughs> in a way that in the third quarter, I started feeling uncomfortable cheering. When the Bucks were doing that, because they were like <laughs> sacking the quarterback like over and over and over again, intercepting the ball, you know, scoring touchdowns. And I'm like cheering every time it happens. And there's there was probably, you know, I, I, this is an underestimate. There's there was probably a couple thousand Bucks fans there, which was surprising. I didn't think there would be that many. But uh, by the end of the game, by the fourth quarter, there were it was only Bucks fans. Essentially, <laughs> there was like some straggling, you know, Washington fans hanging out, and then just a ton of Bucks fans that had all moved up towards the towards the front. And we basically all walked out of the stadium together, all triumphant and crap. And but it was it was a uh, it was really fun. It was, it was an experience like no other. It was it was really awesome to be able to go down on the field. And thanks to uh, our friend's dad for doing that. That but, was so cool. It was cool. I took a bunch of like panoramic shots of, of the field and stuff on my phone, and I took video of the Bucks running out of the tunnel for the for when they came out, and it, it was cool. It was really fun. Nice. But I've also been playing ner- in the other sort of nerdy. I've been playing a ton of, I don't know, maybe a ton. No, I mean a ton until this weekend. I was out of town uh, of Halo Master Chief Collection, and I apologize for the sleepy half description that I did on the spot in the last podcast <laughs> of what the game was. I can't put into words how exhausted I was on Tuesday night while we were while we were uh doing our podcast but it is just Halo 1 through 4 <laughs> it, and it comes with access to the Halo channel which I think you can download now anyways mm. um but it has a bunch of extras and behind the scenes stuff and uh, I've been playing through uh Combat Evolved and I am I want to say maybe a quarter to a halfway through the game's not it's way shorter than I remembered it being when I was originally playing it um i feel like halo 2 feels really long so maybe that's that's the balance there like excited to get to halo 2 because everything i've read is that that's where they put all of their uh re re reimagining power Mm -hmm. into the game so halo 2 is supposedly just gorgeous and plays really like smooth and the the frame rate's great and the you know res is great and so i'm I'm like excited to get to that level, and I, I, it'd be awesome if you guys picked it up and we could play multiplayer. But I know it won't happen, so I'll wait till we'll do I'm Dragon Age I'm multiplayer. Like, it'd be like it'd have to be later down the line, you know. For I sure. know, like when when it's like fifteen dollars. I mean, for the... dude, I loved Halo Four. I would gladly play Halo Four again. Oh, I'm like I'm I'm actually really it it looks really good on the Xbox One. So I'm like it's fun to play. It doesn't feel like playing a classic game. It feels like playing like. I don't know. It's it's weird. It doesn't feel like playing a modern game, but it, 
like I'll compare it to this since we're going to talk about it a bunch. When I started Dragon Age on the 360, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, this game feels like a first gen or like 360 game from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, which it does. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing against the game. It's still a great game. It's just, it feels like an older game. What they've done with the Halo stuff, it, it feels like an older game. It feels like a classic game, I guess is the best way to put it. But it doesn't play or look like a classic game at all. It plays very, like, it, it feels great. It feels Maybe like a like modern a, day an shooter. an old car with a new engine in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, they kind of, you know, they threw some paint on it, and they threw an engine in it, and they were like, all right, this thing will drive for another 10 years. And I think it's almost like a testament to what Halo really was when it came out. Like, mm. you forget how gigantic and ridiculous Halo was. Halo 1, Halo 2, all of them, really. But, like, Halo came out and kind of, like, solidified console shooting right i mean i feel yeah. like it really was the game oh, that came out sure. was like consoles are going to be great for shooters here's your example it's halo you know mm-hmm. and there's plenty of others that came along with it but halo i think definitely was kind of one of the forebearers there so it's it's awesome i'm having a lot of fun playing that um and then i think that's about it i dj'd for four hours in the car because i couldn't drive from back and forth from washington dc hmm. it was fun oh, yeah yeah that's have you cool. guys ever do you ever do that do you ever just i guess we all probably usually drive but yeah you get to like just yeah. put the uh we were, I was, like, picking themes. Like, The Way Home was female-fronted bands, and I did, like, a whole, like, hour and a half of, of female-fronted bands all the way through. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was cool. It was good have times. You noticed, uh, speaking of female-fronted bands, why do they always have one song on an album where, like, the fucking bassist is like, I want to sing a song. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every single one of them. And you're like, dude, no one cares about you. <laughs> yeah. Every like Rainer album. Maria. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Seriously. Like, every one of those albums. There's, like, a song on that Metric album, too. It was, like, yeah. I don't think it was a bass player, but it was, like, a guest. And it's, like, I know the guest singer was popular, you know, popular artist. It was Lou Reed, but that's okay. Right. But it's, like, I, you know, I, I didn't buy a Lou Reed album. I bought a Metric <laughs> album, know. right? So I yeah. know, I know. I always like to compare it to that one Mates of State song where the guy sounds like Kermit the Frog when he oh, comes yeah. on. <laughs> it's like my favorite I line ever. I played Mates of State too. It was great. Uh, so, Scott, what have hey. you been doing? Uh, ba- real quick on the music thing. Have you guys tried an app called Songza yet? Uh, yes, because a friend of mine was on the development team for a while. Oh, wow. It's, it's pretty cool. I like it. I was using Pandora before, and it's different it because called? it basically... Songza with a Z. Yeah, Song- I like to call it Lady Songza. Lady Songza Stark. Um, but what it does is that instead of you seeding a playlist with an artist that you like, it see it basically serves playlists to you uh, based on like what's going on. So you open up the app and it'll go, it's Tuesday night. Um, you know, it's a good time for, and then it gives you six options. So it's like working out or cleaning the house or eating dinner. And then you tap on one of those things and then it gives you some more options about the kind of music you want to listen to. And then it serves up a playlist based on those criteria, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Google, uh, Google Music just did a, a huge round of updates, and that's what I use on, on my phone, and, and uh, that's one of them. So when I'm like at work, I can go, and it'll be like – there's like three cards at the top that will say like tunes to work out to and tunes to work to and blah, blah, And then you click that, and then it will drive down further, and it will say like chill – chill indie songs or something and it's partly yeah. put together based on your preconceived like preferences so it mm-hmm. won't give you like country music if you have never liked country music on the on the music thing but it's nice it's nice to not have to think about putting together playlists right you know or like i want this artist but i really have to tailor it this way it's just kind of like i'm working i want it to be chill and i want no vocals and it'll do stuff like yeah, that Yeah, it's a good it's a good that that approach is a really great approach for discovery too I yeah find. oh yeah yeah. So, anyways, oh, I, I've been using that. Um, I I played. I did not get Dragon Age early, so I decided to go into the old game pile, and I completed The Walking Dead season two. Oh man, I want to. I want to hear your thoughts. Is it okay? Oh, gotta, is it? I, is it? Can I spoil it? Is this? Uh, no. Just, just just we'll type. We'll type when he's done. We'll type when he's done. Okay. I, I have okay. To hear, so I have, I, have to to pull, I have to pull my headphone out. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, we can do that because I edit, so it's fine. Yeah. Pull okay. it out. Pull it so, out. Matt, we'll let you know when you can come back. <laughs> I'm pulling it out. Okay. Pull it out. Two, one, pulled out. Okay, fucking, so for our listeners. depressing, isn't it? Spoiler alert for all of our listeners. I'm going to talk about Walking Dead Season 2. Um, I think, you know, like I saw that some of the reviews were sort of lukewarm for this game. Yes. And I understand why. And uh, I think that uh, the first thing that I will say is that I still think this game is really good. Like, it's really great. 
And I think that it still does a really good job of sort of like tugging at your emotions and, you know, try as you might, you still find that you get angry or sad, you know, like the characters are not real, but you end up feeling yeah. emotions for these characters. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, in this series, you, you know, you play as Clementine. So Clementine is still kind of dealing with the loss of Lee. Um, she gets sort of roped in with a new group of people. And then that group of people gets roped in with a different group of people. And there's kind of like this whole conspiracy kind of thing that unfolds. It's not a conspiracy, but there's like yeah, sort of a deeper plot that starts in one place and kind of goes in a direction that you probably didn't expect it to go in. This is like one of the things that upon like reflecting on this game, like I, first of all, I really loved it, but I was, I was thinking back and I'm like, wait a second. So you start off kind of on your own and then you get taken into like one house and then you get taken to the, the town and then you leave the town and you kind of go on the road again. So you're like you're like all over the place. And don't you go to like a like a fort or like a, a some sort of park or something at some point too? Yeah. So this? the way the game kind of works is that you like I remember I played the first episode when it came out, and then I kind of waited because in the first episode you kill a dog, or you basically have the option to kill a dog, and that's kind of like I that's where I draw the line in in gaming. You know? Oh yeah, that was the the first episode is the the dog killing. Yeah, I don't. I don't like to, I don't like games where you have to hunt animals. I don't like, especially dogs. Like I have a dog. I love dogs. Like anything that where it's like you have to harm animals in that way. Like I didn't like hunting in Assassin's Creed three for that reason. Like all of this stuff. Right. So yeah, it's acceptable. You don't want to brutalize animals. (laughs) So anyways, I I sort of put that on the back burner for a while. And then, you know, what ends up happening is that you get in with this crew and you don't know what's going on with this crew. And you come to find out that this crew escaped from this weird, like, uh, this weird camp that basically was being run out of like a, like something like a Home Depot hardware store. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy basically rules this Home Depot camp with an iron fist. And we find out that the group that Clementine originally gets in with escaped from that, uh, from that Home Depot fortress, if you which will. is a terrible place in reality, the right. Home Depot. So I would, <laughs> right. wanna, I would want to escape as well. <laughs> like this fort reminds me of. I've talked about this show many times, but there was a show on Discovery Channel uh, or the Science Channel like a while ago that was supposed to be like a faux reality show about what happens after the apocalypse and mm-hmm. how you survive by like having scientists create things and filter water and do stuff like that. But that's basically what their camp was like, but ruled by a tyrant. You know, so. The guy is obviously a bad guy. He's like a total dickhead. There's like very little redeeming qualities about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, great, great voice work by Michael Madsen from Res- Reservoir Dogs, though. Oh wow, okay, yeah, he, he was great. And uh, this, I guess the spoiler part is that you and you grow up. You know, you you get you hate this guy so much that basically your crew undertakes sort of like a uh, you know like the plot to toy soldiers. You kind of conspire to. Um, sneak around this camp to like steal things and kind of like sow seeds of dissent and then ultimately um, hatch a plot to escape again, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you get into a situation where at the end of this storyline, you can, uh, you can basically choose to kill this guy or walk away. Right. Mm -hmm. And not only do you have the option to kill this guy or walk away, you have the option to watch him brutally killed. Yes. You know? And I think but he's so, done some pretty terrible things at this point. Like yeah. by the time you get to the point in the game, the guy is pretty much, you know, he's of the governor level of assholeness. Yeah. You he, know? Yeah. He is a straight up asshole. So, um, but it's just weird that there is a scene in the game where like as Clementine, like the, the person that's doing the beating who we'll get to in a second, the person that's doing the beating of this man to kill him uh, is like Clementine, you don't want to see this and you can go like, no, I want to stay and watch this. And it's like Clementine. I I think maybe one of the problems with this game is that when you play walking dead season one, mm-hmm. I feel like I was very, you're fresh. You don't really know what's happening in this game. Right. And you kind of try to, you're like, Oh no, I need to make everybody happy. And like, what if this mm-hmm. person's mad at me and we need to save everybody and like share and hug and everything. And then you realize that's never going to fucking happen in these yeah. games. <laughs> so I think like, I, you know, I joke, I call it like the hardening because I feel like when I played Walking Dead season two, like I was ruthless as well, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that, but I think the game, um, because the characters are changing so much, 
everyone is becoming a little bit more ruthless, you know, and the world that the characters inhabit is so brutal and so, you know, really unforgiving Mm -hmm. that Clementine's forced to make some really impossible decisions in which there are no positive outcomes. Like, you know, some of the things she has to do, especially near the end, which I hope you, you address, but some of the decisions she has to make are just like, well, geez, there is no, there is no happy ending. There is no good decision. Like, yeah, we're fucked no matter what, which is, it's so like, it's so draining that that is that is the reality of the series, but it really is. And yeah. it's it's not bad. It's just like wow, like I'm gonna feel like someone punched me in the balls after I I finished playing this game. You know? Well, I mean, the I mean, like the thing for me was that I kind of started to become numb to it, and I think that was maybe part of the problem for me. So, like in episode one, you're given a choice to save one person or another, and I was like, that guy's younger. I'm saving him. You know, mm-hmm. like it was not a not a decision. I was just like. I'm saving him. The other guy like looks like he's injured. I'm leaving him to die. Like the end of story, right? So yeah. Um. Anyways, the thing that sort of happens around episode two or three is that Kenny shows up again. Yes, I love that scene though. By the way, right? But I was a big fan of Kenny. Okay, I don't like Kenny. Okay, so I I I don't like Kenny as a character, like in an emotional way, which is awesome because I you know I don't like him, so he's a good character. Yeah. But I don't like Kenny as a plot device because Kenny sort of drives the plot in both games because he goes through these like almost like unrealistic periods of being your friend and then just doing something completely like fucked up. Yeah. yeah. You think you're, you're like you're like, Kenny, is everything OK? And you spend all this time in the game. You're like, Kenny, let's be friends. Remember when we did this with Lee and then Lee did that and we were buddies and then we hugged it out. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. OK, cool. Then he turns around and like goes inside of a building, then punches a woman in the face. And you're like, what? (laughs) We just had a conversation. Like, what is the problem, man? Yeah. Well, it's funny that you said that because I'm just going to jump to the the very end. Yes. um, I was a a big Kenny fan. Uh And um, I, you know, I I thought it was great that they brought him back. That was probably my favorite scene in season two was uh, Kenny's return. Um, And then, like you said, a lot of his, his, a lot of the things he does uh, throughout the course of the game are so erratic and so fucking crazy. And I kept supporting and kept supporting him. And then finally at the end, like there was a moment uh, where you, and this is spoiler filled, but you have to choose between Kenny and what's her, what was her name? I don't remember the other characters. Oh name. shit. I'm, I'm an idiot for forgetting it, but you have to choose Kenny and like your, your new friend from season two, mm-hmm. whose name escapes me. Um, and I let Kenny die. Oh, I hesitated not one second. It was like, uh, you know, like turn your head or kill Kenny. And I was like, I'm killing Kenny. Goodbye. Like I killed him so he doesn't show up in season three. Like honestly, like I'm sick of Kenny. Yeah. I mean, I – it was a shame because I kind of felt like he was like the last remnant of Clementine's old crew and her old, you know, relationship with Lee. And he was there to witness all of that that with her. But at the same time, like, you know – the the whole thing at the end of season two was he was losing his mind because, you know, this, this baby was, was missing in the snow mm-hmm. and, you know, he was willing to, to murder another human being for, you know, losing this child. Right. And I that also was knew like, that the child was not in danger. I did know? too. They're yeah. not, I don't think they've gotten to the point where they're going to tear Kill up babies, babies. On, in video games. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they've gotten, I mean, kids they've gotten rid of in the walking dead, but, um, yeah. but Oh, uh, Sarah. Oh my God. Come on. Oh yeah, you that. do you do everything you everything you can to help her, right? Uh-huh. And then what does she do? She just falls down and dies. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that, it. She that just, bum, she falls that and dies. Me out too. That bummed me out too. It didn't bum me out. I was just like, man, all this effort was wasted. But I guess that works. That's when the game works. You know? Yeah, that is. And and there was also um, your your friend with the machete. What's his name? Oh, the yeah. Uh, God, I don't I'm, remember his I'm name. Brain either. farting. Sorry, like I Luke played this or like something. Three. Luke, yeah, Luke. Yeah. Luke in the the um the ice falling through the ice was a really really tragic scene for me because I like Luke and I was like that was just really the worst way for a character to go like sucked into this icy abyss mm-hmm. at least that's how it happened for me so yeah I didn't I didn't try to save him I mean I in my opinion I did because I shot at the zombies you know yeah but I didn't like run out to the ice because I knew that I was gonna fall in and then I, I fell I did, in anyway so I did run fuck? into the ice yeah. and I fell in so <laughs> and then the girl like like the girl who's like supposed to be my buddy is like. Oh no, it's the the other woman. The other one was like, "You didn't do enough to save him." And I was like, "I was shooting at the zombies and like <laughs> I was trying to keep, you know, get let him get out of the ice cuz if I ran over there the ice would have yeah. broke." Like, don't 
don't give me that shit. You know, yeah. like, come on. I hear you. I hear you. So anyway, well, we just kind of reviewed the whole game. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, we spoiled it and it's been out for a while, but it's, uh, uh, you know, like I like it. I, I'm glad that I won't have to see Kenny again. Like, I don't yeah. think he can come back again. Cause I've, I've shot him many times. Yeah. Um, you know, and I did, you know, I feel, I felt for him. Like he got beat up a lot. Like he's, maybe you could say his character was misunderstood or he led a tragic life or something. But like, to me, having that character back in the game for that purpose was sort of a turnoff. Like if he just would have come back and been part of the crew, like that would have been fine. But I feel like he came back to do exactly the same, like plot mechanics as he did in the first yeah, game. He's, he's the guy that rocks the boat, you yeah. know? But anyways, like, so that's, I mean, that was my experience with the walking dead season two. I, I liked it, cool. but, uh, I, I hope, you know, like there definitely seems like they're getting ready for a season three and I'm excited to see something new. So that's, yeah, me too. Yeah. So me too. Let's, you wanna, uh, you want to summon Matt, bring Matt back from the cone of silence. Come back. See if this works. Matt, Matt is taking off the, the cone of silence. Mecca, like a high, make a hiney ho. He's removing his noise canceling headphones. Mecca, like a high, make a shiny ho. Let's talk about the game Apocalypse. Dream Apocalypse. Okay. Wait, did you talk about the other thing too already, or are we nope. just skipping around? No, okay. I'm just kind of. I'm going to cleverly segue into that. You're free falling. Yep. All right. We're freestyling today. So game Apocalypse now. So we talked a little about a game. You know, the game Apocalypse. We have Dragon Age out today. Far Cry. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Something going on with uh, Watch Dogs for Wii U. But Assassin's Creed Unity. Still yep. not really off the ground yet, or kind of mm. sort of off the ground, or whatever. Yes. So here we are, a week later. They've established a website to track all of the issues that um, have been reported. And I love the way, first of all, I love the way um, support tracking goes, because it's like, we are tracking all the issues that you say that you're having in the game. It's not like, you know, these are issues with our game. We are trying to fix them. It's like, you say that you're having a problem with... You know, your character getting stuck in hay bales. So we'll take a look at it, right? <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, I love when Scott gets upset. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like the language that is so yeah. like not um, not taking Human? responsibility for, the, uh, for the, the problems in the game. But that's fine. So um, they have now released. They're like sort of on this weird like patching schedule. They've released patch one. And now patch two has been released. Um, that is supposed to clear up some more game breaking bugs. And then patch three supposedly is going to be sort of the bigger one that resolves, hopefully resolves some, some of the issues like frame rate and connection problems and multiplayer type issues. Yeah. Which is super weird. Um, we were talking a little bit before the show that, um, you know, the game aside, I, you know, I've also heard from a couple of people who have been playing the game, enjoying it, not really having any problems, but right. Um, the game aside, there are also two sort of infrastructure pieces that I feel like personally are very important to the Assassin's Creed experience. And that is the first one being is Assassin's Creed Initiates, which is a companion website that is used to track your progress basically across every Assassin's Creed game with the exception of the first one. And huh. so in this app, you can see like what your synchronization percentage is across the game. Um, how you're doing in multiplayer. The website also has sort of challenges that are external to the game itself that you can complete through this website. And then by participating in the website, you can gain levels, unlock badges, and all this other gamification shit. And uh, you can sort of like have all of these stats aggregated in this website. So they took the website down months ago, even though it had been running for a long time. And they launched it again on the day that Unity launched. And, of course, it doesn't work, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, they say that all of the progress that you've made, all of your involvement with the site prior to it being taken down, is still in the back end, but is not in the front end yet. And in my opinion, that's still a game breaker for me to play Unity because 
I like tracking my progress through the website. Yeah. The other piece is well, – But the, they're not saying they're not tracking it, right? They're just saying they aren't showing it yet. Right. They're not showing it, but if there are challenges to complete that'll, that are external to the game like there were in um, Black Flag, for example, I don't know what those are and I can't do them. Right? Okay. So you kind of don't get that extra experience. And when I say experience, I don't mean like XP. I mean like the experience of using yeah, the website to do all that. Um, the other piece is – the Assassin's Creed Unity companion app, which is like a, like a tablet app or something. And apparently, as the story goes, you need this app to unlock some of the chests that are in the game, right? So I guess it is sort of like a game unto itself, but also has some components that interact with your you know console game, as it were. So I don't know what the status of that is, but I've seen that people have been having problems with it. They've been patching to fix that. And then I think the third piece is Uplay in general, where, um, you know, when you connect your Ubisoft games through Uplay, you can unlock um, actions, which then you can get points and you redeem those points for rewards in game. And man, you know, talk about microtransactions. They sort of gone off the deep end in this game with microtransactions that you see in game where you can purchase this currency to advance faster. Um, They're also doing some really weird stuff in Uplay where you can unlock like DLC or get temporary boosts in game. And it used to just be stuff like get an extra sword, get an extra skin, uh, unlock a desktop wallpaper. And basically like the points that you could earn by playing the game were enough points to unlock all of the rewards associated with that game. That is not the case anymore. That sucks. You can unlock a piece of DLC for like 500 you play units, man. And you'll probably get a hundred from playing this game. Oh, that's horrible. Right. Why did they do that? Right. I have no idea. So I don't know if they're going to start selling Uplay credits. Uh, I am monetizing dude. it. Yeah. Mm. But if you have a chance, go look at the Uplay reward list for Assassin's Creed Unity. It is out of control. That's too bad because I would always I would always buy those. Those are nice little perks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like a little sword or like a you know pouch to carry more smoke bombs or something. Yeah. But I, I like the pooch. I, I mean, I haven't started playing the game in my, you know. In, in defense of the game, I've not started playing yet because I I want all these things to be fixed before I start playing. But yeah, yeah. I looked well, at that you play list and I couldn't make any sense of it. So hopefully, hopefully other people out there are still having fun with this game despite all these technological things that are tied into it. You know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, you know, I'm I'm in the same camp. I I am in possession of this game, but I haven't started playing it. Well, for a couple of reasons, but I'm I'm gonna wait until everything's fixed up, and I'm sure it will be. Um, you know, I've had a positive experience with most of the Assassin's Creed games, so I think this one will still be a lot of fun. I just kind of, you know, I I worry that it might be getting a little um, rushed and tired at this That's point. That's what I was going to say. Do you, you don't do think, you think two games just, a year? Yeah. Do you think they're just finally showing fatigue from the, the amount of output that they've had to do? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean I, still, I still question them putting Rogue out in the same day. You know? Right. Well, apparently just... Rogue is a very short game from what people say. The campaign is short. Ah, uh, okay. And uh, with Unity, you know, sort of the original opinion about that game was that, you know, whatever game follows this on this engine, like it's almost as if the, the engine for Unity was like, let's see what works and then we'll fix it in the next one, you know, like that right. kind of thing. So, yeah. Who the hell knows? But I mean, like, I, you know, like, like you said, Ash, I still like this game. I enjoy playing them, even though they come out two games a year now, but. I don't know, man. Like, I hope they can get it together because I really like this game. I had a really great time playing it at PAX, you know, when we went into the room. Yep. Uh, with uh, Leslie Ford Toy. And um, I thought that was an awesome multiplayer experience. So hopefully we'll get to do that someday. Yeah, I think we'll do that for sure. Yeah. There you go. Cool. I added a last minute news edition, guys. Let's hear it. Emojis. What about them? Is that the whole news story? No, they they put uh, <laughs> oh. they're putting thirty seven new uh, emoji characters in for for um, for approval. Nice, but I, I just wanted most of them are just you know like things, but uh, they listed out they listed them by like categories. So it's like you know faces, hands, and zodiac symbols, symbols of religious significance. But then my favorite one is most popular popularly requested emojis. Oh man, what okay. are they? You guys ready for this? Yeah, yep. let's hear it. Uh, hot dog. Uh huh. Taco. Burrito. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Bottle with popping cork. Okay. Popcorn. Uh huh. Turkey. Okay. Which I'm surprised. Is there no turkey on there? Or do they mean like 
like the animal turkey or something. Yeah, turkey, maybe the yeah. animal. Uh, cheese wedge. <laughs> okay. And unicorn face. What? Oh, all right. <laughs> I, I know I'm going to get a lot of use out of taco and hot dog. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really think conversations with my wife will be shortened with all the new food emojis. Taco. Oh, okay. oh, that's what you meant. Yeah, <laughs> we, you, whoo, okay. Scott. What? just wandered into territory. <laughs> no, I, I just meant her... like, in, you know, just instead of going like Chipotle, I could just go burrito and then she'll go yep so, so you won't go hot dog question mark and she will reply with taco exclamation point <laughs> no oh, okay. not, reply, not one of those conversations with bottle with popping cork <laughs> yikes hey oh uh, <laughs> you guys excited then you want to talk about burritos yeah let's talk about that well now i want a burrito i know me, me too. too do we have is chipotle a sponsor of this podcast we can work on that. Okay. We can work on that. Let's, let's get, get on that. Get would. them pinto beans. How about if just the pinto beans support the podcast? What? I know, right? This episode's brought to you by Chipotle pinto beans. You know what the great thing about the pinto beans is? Is they're not vegetarian. And every time you order like what is seemingly a vegetarian dish and then you ask for pinto beans, they're like, they have bacon in them. And I'm like, I know. I know. <laughs> get, them, get them on there. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I heard a stand-up comedian recently do like a bit about the uh, the guacamole, you know? Yeah, oh, where it's like every it's... time you get guacamole, they're like, "That's yeah. that's gonna Culture, be like a dollar twenty five extra," and you're like, "Yeah, that's fine." Like as <laughs> if like everyone else was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> have you guys have you guys tried Chipotle Chipotle hacking yet? What is that? That's where you can like essentially make up your own meals with whatever the components are that are sitting there. Okay, well, give me an example. I heard something about. Um quesadillas or something right yeah you can order you can order a quesadilla you can order uh, nachos like and supposedly they'll make them for you this is this is the thing like you can you can say like i want nacho chips with pinto beans and lettuce sour cream cheese and you know oh. hot sauce and they'll be like okay and they'll make it for you and then charge you something i guess i've heard that like you can get your burrito wrapped in a quesadilla what well yeah because you can make quesadillas too though like that's the thing Right, but like if you want to do like a almost like a gordita style where it's like you have an Sounds outer layer. Awesome. Like a cheese cheese quesadilla wrapped around burrito filling. I'm sure yeah, they yeah, love yeah. that. You're the asshole that comes in and is like, Give me burrito dilla <laughs> You get a burrito and then you wrap another like, tortilla around it with fuck cheese. You, buddy. In the middle. I'm just saying I've heard this exists. I've never done it personally. If anybody out there has done this, I wanna know what you ordered from Chipotle when you hacked their menu. I this should know. be like our nerd appropriate question of the week is tell us <laughs> well what your what it's your a little late for that. If you have an awkward <laughs> Chipotle dish. What yeah. is it? Uh, All right. Okay. Let's take a break and come back. All right. A let's quickie. talk about. I'm going to assume D A I stands for dogs after Italians. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. There is no coming back from that. Hi, I'm writer and nerd Patrick Weeks, and you are listening to Rated NA at nerdappropriate.com. All right, we are here to talk about the dogs attack Italians. <laughs> dogs attack Italians, that's much better. I said after. Dogs oh, attack after. Italians. <laughs> so, oh. this is a simulator, much like Goat Simulator, I assume, where you play a dog in Italy attacking Italians. Precisely. It is precisely that. And you that's, earn points. That's the for... third Assassin's Creed game that's coming out this year. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about Dragon Age okay. Inquisition. This is going to be an ongoing review probably for the next six months. So, um, <laughs> so you beat it though, right? No, not even, not even <laughs> close. I haven't even scratched the surface of this game, which is kind of crazy. Um, so I did, I did get it, I think, um, at this point... A little less than a week ago. I think I got it on Wednesday of last week. Um, and, you know, uh, instantly I, I had uh, – I, I was shocked at just at how in-depth the character creation process was. Out of curiosity, Scott, what character did you end up making? I made a human – a female human do-wield rogue. Ooh, very nice. And I, I basically modeled her after Trouble from Grimm. Oh, cool, cool! Yeah. I actually saw a screen of your character. I should have remembered that. But um, yeah, so I did. I did a, a human female as well. 
Um, and I did a, uh, a a two-handed warrior, but now I have respect, and I am sword and shield. So I am oh, a awesome. sword and shield warrior. P.S. Uh, on the topic of character creation, and yes. I, I assume that you and I chose our gender basically so that we could hear the uh, the lovely tones of Alex Wilton Regan, right? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I picked Alex as well, who, by the way, um, might be on the show next week. Hey, <laughs> for our listeners, stay tuned. We Easter don't know. egg, yeah. We're, Let's we're, plan we're on the podcast. We're working it out. We're working it out. So you might hear that one next week. But um, so I picked that, and uh, you know, I, uh, I guess how I'm going to break down this this review in progress is just kind of tell the audience like what I've experienced thus far and and some of the the cool stuff. And it's going to be at this point completely spoiler free. Um, I guess the the easiest way to to start is to talk a little bit about the story. You spent all about. of your time in multiplayer, right? Uh, I, I all I did with multiplayer is I bought a multiplayer pack. <laughs> you, you get one for free. You don't I need know, to buy one. I know, but I bought one anyway. I oh my god! Excited. And so excited. it begins. I just, Spectre I just packs. To try it one time, just one time. Um, yeah, I can't wait to play multiplayer. Actually, I'm super excited. Uh, in terms of the story, the story the story is absolutely massive. It takes place uh, ten years after Dragon Age Origins, so um, a lot has happened. Uh, for those of you who are lore fiends, I'm not going to get into the lore quite yet. So we'll do a full story breakdown episode at some point. But just know that there's a whole lot at stake. Um, the the war between the mages and the Templars is sort of raging out of control, and the Chantry has lost control of over all the mage circles. And the Templar have kind of gone rogue. Um, and things are terrible. Basically, the world is already at war. And then when things are at their worst, there's a tear in the sky. And demons start pouring out of the tear in the sky. And you play this character known as the Inquisitor, um, who becomes known as the Inquisitor, who has the ability, and the only one in all of Thetis, that has the ability to close the rips in the sky. So you... Um, you you know you have this this task of going around the world and closing these tears in the sky, but also you know you have to kind of choose um, the type of the ruler that you're going to be because eventually you do go on to lead the Inquisition, which is the coolest thing I think I've done in a game in a long time because you're building uh, you're building an army and you're filling the army with people that you encounter and with other characters from the the older games. Um, and you know, it's just, it feels at its core, like just an epic experience. Nothing feels rushed. You can take your time and walk around and have like literally countless conversations with people and just explore this, just in, insanely massive, massive world. That's just, that's populated with, you know, amazing scenery and really interesting characters. And, um, the thing I think that is also, I, I should tell listeners, although most of our listeners have likely at least played a little bit of the Dragon Age games. At least six hours of it, right? Yeah, I don't I don't think that you have to um be like a, a lore expert or have even played the other Dragon Age games to play Inquisition. Obviously there's gonna be a lot of stuff that um you will you will not understand. Uh there'll be a lot of codex reading about like all the different factions and religions and things like that. However, I do think it's accessible for people that have never played it before that just want to really, you know, kick ass RPG. Um, you said it's everything that you want out of an RPG. I'm pretty sure it's probably everything that you would want out of a puzzle platformer too, because you hate puzzle platformers. And I'm sure Dragon Age gives you everything you need from that genre. <laughs> there is jumping now, actually. Exactly. For the, very, for the very first time, I can jump around and climb on top of stuff. Um, and I actually, spoiler, by jumping on top of strange buildings, I found a gigantic shield that fits on my back that looks like a wheel of cheese. With a, with a slice cut out of it. So there you oh, go. Oh, wow. So there there are things to be done. There are things to platform and find in the game. Um, really quickly, I'm just going to kind of talk about exploration for a minute and um, how the game is set up. It is, um, it is I would argue, uh, comparable in size to Skyrim. So it is absolutely massive. But the good news is, is it's broken into zones in a similar way that like MMOs are broken into zones. So the, the first zone that you start out in is the Highlands, and you could probably spend you know, a good 10 hours in the Highlands uh, exploring and finishing quests and so on and so forth. And the thing that's really awesome is even as you, you know, you clear out a zone, you may finish a quest in one zone that opens up another quest in an old zone. But fast travel is incredibly efficient and you can fast travel to any number of um, kind of um, hot spots that you discover on the map. So it makes traveling between zones very, very painless. Um, so there's not a lot of 
you know, backtracking and wandering. You can kind of zip around, which is very, very welcome. Oh, and P.S., something amazing that they did on the map is that they show you where you've gone on the map. Yes, it's awesome. So you, um, whenever you load into a zone and you walk around and you open up the map and it shows like a line showing your, the path that you've taken. It's like a little trail so you don't get lost. Yeah, it's like a sweet little trail of breadcrumbs so you can kind of head new directions if you want to. Um, so the maps are, you know, the, the quality or I guess the, the type, each zone has its own unique personality is essentially what I'm trying to say. So the highlands feel very much like, um, you know, summertime or springtime in like Montana. So it's very hilly, a lot of trees. And then you go to, um, you know, you go to the, I can't remember the name of the zone after it. So my apologies, but it, it is completely like, uh, you know, like a really dark and stormy, forest that's on the beach with like a, a you know giant cliffs surrounding you so i mean everyone feels like a, a brand new experience and there really are pretty pretty breathtaking to to just to just look at um i kind of found myself when i'm like getting into new zones i just like while i have access to a horse i just kind of walk everywhere for a while and i walk i don't even run i just kind of like stroll and like look around kind of get my bearings um because it is that that cool of an environment to just kind of wander through. So that, that is, you know, something that I'm really impressed with. They did an amazing job with the environments and each one, you know, does have this very unique feel to it. Um, the thing that I guess above all else really impressed me are the, the number of systems in this game, um, and how much depth the game really has. Um, I was probably, 15 hours in before I even unlocked the town. <laughs> so like uh, uh, the, the town, you, you end up getting a place called Skyhold and Skyhold is fully upgradable. You can, um, you know, change how the walls look. You can change the tapestries. You can change this throne that you sit in. You actually sit and conduct trials for people that you capture that you can hold in like a dungeon and you can determine their fate. Um, uh, you can, Inside of Skyhold, you can craft items and you can name items and you can build them out of a variety of different materials, which changes how they look. And you can add attachments and runes and, um, you know, build helmets and armor. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's honestly <laughs> – I'm just kind of going crazy here because it's kind of – when I get in the game, it's like, oh my god, there's like a billion different things that I can do and all of them are actually pretty fun. Sounds like you can just kind of – make it whatever you want it to be right yeah you can i mean you can get in and like i'm just going to collect you know it's in a lot of ways it's very mmo like you're like i'm just going to go collect some you know go explore and collect some materials and see what i find so you can like i want to go you know get some onyx and so you'll get on your horse and ride around a zone for a while collecting some onyx and you might encounter a couple quests along the way or like a locked door you couldn't get into before that has some like a dungeon inside of it and all of a sudden you're you know because there's so much all the time like you're constantly being distracted by, by new and exciting things. You're like, oh, I need to get back. And, you know, I was supposed to be looking for Onyx and here I am now in this cave, you know. But um, that's that's the beautiful thing about it is that it is, you know, it is a living, breathing um, fantasy world that you are a part of. So what I had to start doing after like literally about 15 hours of the game is I had to be like, okay, I'm going to stay in the hinterlands. I'm going to do everything in the hinterlands there is to do. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to go on any side quests. I'm just going to like purge the hinterlands and then move on to the next area because I don't, I, want, I don't want to miss anything, you know. And it's very easy to miss stuff because there is so much. But, I mean, you can always go back, right? You don't have to do it all. No, exactly. You can go back. You can yeah. go back, which is great. Yeah. Um, the thing I touched on just for a second that I'll talk about briefly is the, the war table. So you end up having like a, a primary council of advisors as the Inquisitor. And you have uh, Josephine and Leliana and Colin – um, who are there to kind of one is your diplomat, one is your sort of your spy mistress, and and Cullen is your um, you know sort of the leader of of the warriors. Um, so he's sort of like your your master master at arms or you know knight captain if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, you can actually command them to um, move Inquisition assets around the maps. And so what will happen is you'll pull up the war table and be like, oh, there's, there's a disturbance in the north. There's someone that's upset with something that you did. And you have three options. Do you send the diplomat? Do you send your spies and your assassins? Or do you send like the army in? And each one can actually yield a different reward. It kind um, of reminds me of the Brotherhood missions. It Assassin's is like the Creed. Brotherhood missions, right. But the, the thing with the Brotherhood missions is I never really felt as though I was 
like justly rewarded for doing those. I'd maybe get experience or something like that, but I never really felt like anything was really happening. With these, sometimes it'll open up actual like quests that you can go on, and it, sometimes oh. it'll, it'll um, you'll like locate. Like I just located a like a, a very rare um, mage staff from sending people out on a mission, like, cool. doing the correct thing. So you do get rewards. Um, you do get unlockable stuff. You can, um, if you don't feel like harvesting like ore or anything like that, you can actually send um, you know members of the Inquisition to go do that for you, and then you can go out and run and kill stuff. And then well, it'll that's be like, fantastic. Oh, your people are reporting back; they found you know twenty onyx, and you're like, oh, cool, thank you. And now I have twenty onyx. So um, there's a little bit of micromanaging with the Inquisition assets, but it's actually very fun. They did a good job. It's very you know it's very intuitive. It all makes sense. Um, and so the war table is is it's just a blast to use because you 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 can use it as you are going out and doing other things. So um, and it never feels even after you know over twenty hours of gameplay, I'm never like pissed that I have to go to the war table and like send somebody to do something. I'm always like, oh cool, what's going on now? Because you know you're in the middle of this this world that's in conflict, and I think that's it's really cool to actually be able to you know move the little pieces around on the map and see like, hey, where am I gonna, where am I going to send my spies? So on and so forth. Um, because this is a review in progress, there's a whole lot to do. Uh, but the the um, thing I really want to touch on also is the the brilliance of the writing. Um, already, you know, 20 hours in, I haven't really gotten too far into the main story, but um, there are so many really, truly, genuinely beautiful character moments in this game so far that have made me laugh and made me really, really love characters. Characters that I did not think I was going to like. I kind of went in saying, oh, like, this guy looks like a, you know, he's not, not one I'll ever want in my party. Mm. And then I'll bring him out, um, with me just to kind of test them out and slowly like things the character says and maybe some of their side quests will really make me really fall in love with them. At this point um, of the, I have all the party members at this point of, of all the party members, there's probably only one at this point that I'm kind of like iffy on and the rest are absolutely like, I love them. And like, I can't decide who I want to bring out with me all the time because they're all so great, you know? So, um, all very well written. Um, Alex Wilton Regan does a phenomenal job uh, as the Inquisitor. She's so classy. She says words like "issue." Oh, I know. I mean, everything is so well done, and you can tell she had, um, you know, she had a, a lot of fun with this role. There's a lot of really funny dialogue that she delivers very well, and uh, it's going to be hard for me not to, you know, not to play as her, but in the in my next playthrough, but. Mm-hmm. do it so uh for our listeners we are by no means done with our dragon age inquisition coverage we'll probably start um, talking a little bit more about plot as as uh you guys get to play through the game a little bit more i do have to say i killed my first dragon last night um and it was a really really epic experience it took probably about 20 minutes to a half an hour to kill it sweet um so it was really a ton of fun. And the rewards for killing dragons, they were not kidding. You get some really, really phenomenal, cool stuff. So I can't wait to start talking about multiplayer. Oh, yes. We'll do that soon. I played it. I just it can't wait dur- for the weeks and weeks of coverage uh, that we do on Dragon Age. Oh, Matt's super stoked. I know. Matt's Sorry, gonna, man. We're going to have to give Matt like a Master Chief corner. I know. What was that? We're, we're going to have to give you a Master <laughs> Chief corner. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Oh, come on, Bob. Hey, but guess what? The multiplayer is still good. It is. It's still good, everybody. Cool. Well, are we? Is this it? Are we done? I think we did it. Show? We did the show. So I think yeah, it's sorry, time to, sorry time to get back to the show console. this week. We've all been like busier than normal. We got stuff, stuff a brewing. Um, so thank you guys so much for tuning in to our short episode, episode 179. You might find that this is surprisingly long. Ah, that's what she said, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> the end of that sentence it might be longer than you think my friend my friend (laughs) reference to the length of the episode i don't know what you're talking about okay Um, so this was episode 179 of the classy rated na podcast um as always you can email us directly and that is matt scott and ash at nerdappropriate.com you can follow us on twitter and that's at nerdappropriate um you can go to our facebook page and that is slash nerdappropriate on facebook and you can send us all sorts of fun stuff on there as well. And uh, next week we may have a guest. We may not. We will let you guys know when we know. 
But uh, thanks again so much, guys. And uh, for those of you guys who are signing up for Loot Crate, thank you. You are um, you are buying our uh, magical Chipotle hybrid Frankenstein burritos. So thank you. For sure. ready let's do it cool let's go like go go yeah like wake me up before you go go i'll wake you up before i go go all right